let's just go to the straight to the Bible then. Forget the, the small talk. Genesis chapter 12, and we're going to begin in verse 1. If you have a Bible, Genesis chapter 12, if you don't know where that is in the Bible, it's the first book. You know what I'm saying? It's the easiest one to find. And so Genesis chapter 12, we'll begin in verse 1. We're, we're not going to start just yet, so you can take it off the screen. Just for warm-ups, just get there in your word. But uh, I want to, I'm just, I'm excited. We've been in a series called Dreamers. Everyone say Dreamers. And uh, last week we talked about defining the dream. We talked about discovering what God has placed in our hearts. And, and, and we asked four simple questions. We asked like the real, real, real important question, God, what do you have for me? Because at the end of the day, we don't really want to be doing anything that God doesn't ha- want us doing. You know, we don't want to be going anywhere that God isn't leading us. And so we asked God, what are you doing? We asked what moves our heart? Like what touches our heart? We asked uh, the question, help me. I don't even remember what I asked. No, we... <laughs> <laughs> what would you say? Oh, you, uh, I thought he shouted it out. Anyway, well, yeah, what does the world need? And then what have respected people spoken into your life? We asked ourselves those four questions in order to discover what's in our hearts. If you're going like, what did you just say? We read that. Well, uh, by the way, we have the thing called the Crux Cast, which, you know, you can, uh, it's on there. That It's on our podcast. You can go and literally Google, or not Google, search on iTunes, Crux Cast or Summit Church, and you'll find something that says Crux Cast, and you'll see the, the message on there. But tonight, we are talking about pursuing the dream. Everyone say, pursuing the dream. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce this, last, this guy's last name. Seth Godin. Is that how you, do you know Seth Godin? This is what he said. All right. He, he said, the, he's an author, and, and I know that Dakota knows who he is because I guarantee he's read his books. But here's the deal. It says, the only thing worse than starting something and failing is not starting something. <laughs> I just love the O's at the end of that. This is the deal. There's something so powerful, not only about discovering what God has placed in your heart, but taking the actual next step or the first step to actually pursue the thing. There's something about it that we can, we can be going, God, what do you have? God, what do you have? And he shows us a little picture. Be like, oh, no, no, wait, God, what do you have? We want more. We want more. But there's something about just starting to take a step with what God has revealed to you already. Instead of waiting and waiting until God, I just need a bigger picture. Be like, no, 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 go with the little that I'm showing you now. And I'll give you more as you go. And, and there's something powerful about it. So last week we said, we'll discover what's in our hearts. But tonight I want to focus in on pursuing the dream and, and taking the steps to pursue it. So as we go through this tonight, I'm going to give you three key words and we'll break these down as we go. Three key words, go, trust, and test. We'll, we'll talk about this more, but just for the sake of now, just know we're talking about these, these three key words for us. Go, trust, and test. Are you with me so far? And so here's where we pick up uh, in Genesis 12. This is the man of God, Abraham. But before his name was Abraham, his name was Abram. And this is where we find him in Genesis 12, verse 1. It says, The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go. Everyone say, Go. And go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram left and the, as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. Everyone say 75. Verse five, he took his wife, Sarai, uh, or Sarah, whatever, you know, later her name was Sarah, his nephew Lot, and uh, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. 
Verse 6, Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moreh at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Verse 7, the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. Everyone say, boom. Boom. So here's the deal. We're talking about pursuing the dream. And the first word we're examining here tonight is go. Go back to verse one. And and it says, the Lord said to Abram, he said, leave your country, your people, and your father's household. And what? Just say it with me. Go. And he said, go to the land I will show you. God told Abram to go. In other words, do something. This is what happens when we're pursuing our dreams. It's so important. We discover what's in our hearts. We get a glimpse of what God said. And we're like, oh, this is amazing. Our hearts start burning. We found out what makes us move. We followed our tears and we found something that moved us. And we go like, oh, this this I could give my life for. This this is what I want to do with my life. I found something I would lay my life down for. And, And God said to Abraham, go. Because sometimes what happens is we... We wait for it to be perfect before we do everything. We wait for the circumstances to line up, or some people use the phrase, all the ducks in a row, or we, we, we wait for everything to line up the way it's supposed to be. And in reality, it's probably never going to get there. You just have to start moving. You, you just have to go with what God is saying. We cannot wait for perfection or for everything to just be right. We have to just start doing something now. We, we just so, okay. for me, I go like, man, I, I know, like 20, 15, 20 years ago, I knew there was music in my heart. I knew I wanted to do music. And, and I told you some stories about how I discovered this in my life and, and listening to some music and some guitar players and all that stuff. And so I, I sold my alto saxophone and I bought a guitar. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm going to be a rock star or whatever. But I knew music was in my life. I loved music. And, 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 but I didn't know how it was going to work, but instead of me waiting around for an angel to come in my room and tell me what to do, or, you know, I don't know, like the Lord appeared to Abram. Like I didn't, I didn't, wasn't waiting for another signal, another huge sign from the heavens. Although I would appreciate that. That would be, how many honors you would like that? You know what I mean? You know, I'm not saying I don't want it. <laughs> Lord, hear me clearly, but <laughs> But what I'm saying is I'm not trying to wait for some crazy sign. I know what's in my heart. I know what's in there. There's music in my heart, and I have to serve God with this gift he's given me. And so what I do, I sat on my butt and just waited for something. No, 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 man. I, I went to school. Like, so you guys went to school. You guys going to school. You just started school. I went to school and it took me four years to get a two year degree. Praise the Lord. And I went to, and I got my music degree and I learned music theory. Not fun, but I learned music theory. And some of you musicians know what I'm talking about. It's not the kind of stuff that makes you, you know, just man, your heart burn at night going like, Lord, I wish every good boy does fine. And if you know music, you know what I'm talking about because the numbers on the thing. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just saying it's not the kind of stuff you dream about at night, but you need to know this stuff. And I didn't sit there going like, man, I really want to play music and I want to lead worship and I want to do this. Hmm, let's go play Halo. You know, it's like, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes we dream big and our imaginations run wild, but when it comes to doing it, we're lazy. Ah! We get lazy in the doing, and God told Abraham, go! 
And, and if we're going to fulfill our dreams and pursue the dreams, we should start doing something with what God's put in our hearts. Are you with me on this? And so we left off last week saying that clarity comes as you move forward. Clarity comes as you move forward. We looked at that verse, verse 1, 12, 1, because this is the deal. We don't always have a clear picture of the full dream of God for our lives. We just know we're drawn to something. We just know like something is moving me towards whatever it is. For me, it's music. For, for someone else, it, it, whatever, it could be a sports thing or, or whatever it is. But we know we're drawn to something. We know what moves our hearts. But as we move forward in obedience, clarity comes. Now go back again to verse 1. Verse 1 said again, The Lord, appeared, the Lord had said to Abram, Leave your country, your, pe- your, your people, your father's household, and go to the land I, w- I will show you. You see that on there? I will show you. Now go to, go to verse 7 though. Can we, can we just jump down? It says, The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give, what does it say? This land. Say that with me. This land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. Did you see the difference? Did anyone catch that? Go back to verse one. Go back. Let's look at this. Go back to verse one. To the land I will show you. Go, Go now. Go to verse seven. I will give this land. Go back one more time. To the land I will show you. Verse seven. I will give... This land. Anyone see the difference there? (laughs) He said, I'm going to show you what I'm going to give you. So start moving. (laughs) What? I don't know where I'm going. Just go. Just start moving. Just just move. (laughs) Just do something like I. He was just drawn towards somewhere. I don't even know if he knew how to go east or north or what. You know what I'm saying? I don't even knew that. He actually was moving northwest. If you look at you know, the map and, the, and the, all the stuff. I don't even know how he knew any of it. He just started moving. And clarity came. He finally arrived in the land of Canaan. that We, read, we just read it. And God said, this is the land that I was talking about. It came from a land I will show you to this is the land. It came from, you're not too sure what the land is, but when you started moving, here's the land. You with me on this? It came from not so sure. Oh, this is what you're talking about. And here's what I want you to get in your hearts is that clarity comes as you move forward. Touch your neighbor, say, move forward, move forward, move forward. And so here's the question. What steps can you make to pursue what God has placed in your heart? What, what, steps can you, what steps can you make to pursue what God has placed in your heart? Very, I'm talking about not leaps. I'm not talking about like, I need to go call up you know, a, rec- a record label and get, it, you know, get a CD deal right now. You know? <laughs> like, uh, maybe you should learn how to sing. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe that would be the first step. I'm talking about very practical steps, not leaps. Very practical steps. Like I, a few people in the room have blogs out there because writing is something that's on their heart. Come on, you know what I'm saying? Like, like yes, like if you're like, man, I want to write. I want to write journalism. I want to write in a magazine. I want to write in a newspaper. I want to write books and then write a blog or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, do something and then get the get some feedback from some people about what you just wrote. Are you with me on this? Like, th- do something with what God has placed in your heart. And here's re- here's a line that I want you to know. If it doesn't get scheduled, it doesn't get done. 
Because we could be like, oh man, one day, one day I'm going to pick that guitar up and learn. One day I'm going to finish that class that I never wanted to do. You know, like, and one day will never come. And I, unless you actually put it in the calendar and say, I will do this. What gets scheduled gets done. Everything else is just, who cares? Is who, who knows? <laughs> is no, no guarantee what gets scheduled gets done. Things like learn your gift. You, you, don't, you with me on this? Like just because it's hard doesn't mean it's not God. Be like, I know, but this, God gave me this gift. To be like, yes, learn how to use it, homie. You know, like, and take time and practice and whatever, whatever the things is that you, you're doing, invest in your future, school, seminars, mentors. I call it YouTube University. You, you know what I'm saying? It's free. <laughs> I'm telling you, there's so much you can get for free and take time to develop because how many all understand that we all go through growth stages? Like, like, like here, here, help me with this because sometimes we feel like this. Can you, can you put the first picture up of the apple tree, the barren apple tree here? Can you, hopefully we got these all in order back there. Did it work? No, see, uh, <laughs> this is an apple tree that was planted in front of that nice church building in the back. And I'm telling you, some <laughs> sometimes we feel like this, but in our hearts, God showed us the next picture here. Can, can we, sh in our hearts, we're seeing that, man. <laughs> We're seeing some beautiful, shining, red, delicious apples. You know what I'm saying? Fruitfulness in our lives. But go back to the other one. But then like, but, but in life, go back to the, the barren, you know. In life, sometimes we look in the mirror like, come on. <laughs> you know, how come in my dream, I look like the orchard. <laughs> but how come in reality, I look like the poor church tree? You know what I'm saying? Like, I... Help me understand there's a process. It's, it's developing. It's taking time. And sometimes on the inside, can we get the good, the good lion up there, the, the fierce lion picture? Sometimes we're, we're feeling like, like this lion. We're, we just feel like full of passion on the inside. Do you know what I'm saying? There is just like... You were like, God, you, 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 did the, you did the exercise last week. You say, God, show me what you have for me. And you saw that. You're like, it must be God. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is what God has for my life. And then you go out and try to, to do it. And, uh, you know, and sometimes it turns into that. You know what I mean? And so, <laughs> and it's just life. It's okay. Because you, you're like, go back, go back to the other one. Go, just go back. You know, it, you know those memes that, some, you know, they say like, uh, what I think I do, what people think I do, what my mom thinks I do, what my pastor thinks I do, you know. And I'm just saying what everyone else sees, that I, what I actually do. And I'm just saying like, sometimes our dream in our heart feels like that. And then, you know, and then it feels like Simba in reality sometimes. You know what I mean? But how many understand? <laughs> Lion King, man, it's making an end every time, at least once a month. No, I don't know. It takes time to develop. And we can't beat ourselves up because we haven't fully gotten to the, to the dream that God first showed us in our hearts, that picture, that thing. You, you with me on this? 
There's something that's in our hearts that burns in us. It, 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 it causes us to move forward. God spoke something, but it takes time to develop. Again, go back to Genesis 12.1. We're ripping this verse apart in a good way. Genesis 12.1, the Lord said to Abram, go from your country, uh, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. Here, here's the deal. Uh, this is an updated version of the NIV. My version of the NIV, because it was an older one, says leave your country, your people, and your father's household. When you're going, how many understand when you're going in for, to do and follow God's plan for your life, how many understand that it means you'll probably have to leave some things behind? For Abram, it was his country, his people, and his father's household. And in fact, uh, Joshua 24.2, Joshua had some insight that we don't see uh, in Genesis, but Joshua had some insight. He says, Joshua said to all the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, long ago, your forefathers, including Terah, who is the father of Abraham and Nahor, who is Abraham's brother, lived beyond the river. And what did they do? They worshiped other gods. Did you know that? Abraham came from a pagan family. Abraham's family worshipped idols. They worshipped gods that were not Yahweh. In other words, here's the deal. It could be that God was pulling Abraham out of a spiritually destructive environment. Ah, y'all ain't hear me. This is what happens sometimes. God calls you to fulfill your dreams, but we're so connected with some things that are destroying our lives. And he's saying, you got to get up out of the country, up out of your father's house and start moving because these things are spiritually destroying your life. And unless I remove you from these things, I can't give you the new thing. Amen. Amen. This is what God does, and he calls us. It could be that God was pulling him out of some spiritually destructive environment where it could have been hostile for him to stay in that environment in order for him to hear God and demons all around. Man, help me understand, that's conflict in the relationship with God. Paul wrote it like this in 2 Corinthians 6. He said, you cannot be friends with the devil and Christ at the same time. You, you just can't do it. Light has no fellowship with darkness. You cannot be unequally yoked with unbelievers. This is what he's saying in 2 Corinthians 6. He's saying, listen, and he goes on to say in that chapter and in chapter 7, verse 1, he says, come out from them and be separate. And not, not never talk to them because help me understand that we could not be ministering life and light to the world if we ran away and had our little Christian huddle. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what is in the core of your heart, what identifying with what you're doing in your life. Are you with me on this? And in some, some, I'm telling you, some of us, God actually could be like, you could be feeling some resistance and some things and some tension and some messed up stuff in relationships. And what if God is actually behind the scenes trying to separate you from some things that are going to ruin your relationship with him? That's the grace of God, man. I love that about God. You know, it's like that verse in Job where it says, the Lord gave and the Lord took away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. You know this verse? Some people have a problem singing it. There's a song that we used to sing called Blessed Be Your Name, and you give and take away. You remember that? You give and take away. My heart will choose to say, blessed be your name. And I remember we used to sing that, and some, some people had a problem singing it. Because, oh, God doesn't give away. He only gives and gives away. You know, I'm like, read the Bible, homie. He, I mean, I'm telling you, and... <laughs> And, and not only that, 
I know it in my life. I'm glad he took some relationships away from me. I'm glad he ruined relationships so that even if I tried to make it happen, it wouldn't work. I'm glad that he made things fall apart because my life is better because it was spiritually destroying my life. I was not at peace with God. And no matter how hard sometimes we try to hold on to it, God's saying, go and leave. Leave this thing or else it's going to kill you. Are you with me on this? For if some of us, it could just be, it could be good relationships or it could be unhealthy ones that we just need to leave behind it. It it could be stuff like that. It could be that we need to leave behind the critical spirit. It could be that we need to leave behind our cynicism. Or how about this one? Procrastination. I mean, understand we're following God's plan. We got to leave some things behind. I like to leave that thing called procrastination behind. No, no, I will get to that one day. No, you're not. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and when you do, will, you, will your heart even be in it? And, and sometimes we might be having to leave the illusion of ease. Wow. Like, it, I'm going to follow God's plan. It's going to be easy. Read the Bible again, and you find that it's not easy for anybody in the Bible. Nobody. I mean, read the rest of Abraham's story. We'll get to the end part of his story that changed everything. We'll get to, you know, you read the scripture, you look at Moses' life, and you, you look at Joseph's life, and you look at Joshua's life, and, and you look at Elijah's life, and all these people, you go like, my God, this was doing the Lord's will. It's hard sometimes. It's challenging. I believe, I believe that Jesus' yoke is easy and his burden is light, but I also believe that we have to go through some tests and some challenges and some things that aren't easy. And we have to sometimes leave the illusion that it's going to be easy behind. We just got to leave that behind. And sometimes we just have to leave that thing called comfort zone behind. Huh. I mean, understand, like, leaving your family, that's a comfort zone. He was 75 years old when God called him. 75 years with the same people and you're connected with him and leaving that behind because God's calling me to do something. And just the fear and breaking fear and saying, you know what? I'm freaked out. I don't know what it's going to turn out like, but I'm trusting God. This is, this is the go. This is you know, leaving anything behind. That's not helping us get to God's destiny for our life. The second thing is trust. The second word we want to look at is trust. Trust is defined as reliance on the integrity, strength, ability, surety of a person or a thing. That's, a, that, that's pretty deep. Trust is defined as reliance. So you're relying on someone's integrity, on their strength, on their ability, and on their surety. It's confidence. Everyone say trust. Trust. Once again, let's go to Genesis 12, verse 1. The Lord had said to Abraham, leave your country and your, your people, your father's household, and go to the land. What did it say? I will show you. How many understand that calls for trust? This calls for trust. What I think is wild, read Hebrews actually looks back on this. Hebrews 11, 8, the, the, what we know as the Hall of Faith chapter. And this is what it says. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place, he, he would later receive as an inheritance. He, what, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. 
Let's read that again. By faith, Abraham, when, when, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, he obeyed and went. Why? He, I mean, not why, but how, what was going on? He did not know where he was going, but he went. That requires trust. This is trust. Have you ever, ex- I mean, I'm telling you, going somewhere, you don't even know where you're going. This, this is this is faith, man. This is confidence in God. This is trusting God. Like, God, I don't know what you're saying, but I'm going to start moving and I'm going to start going where you're calling me. And then there's this period where you're waiting like, okay, now we know that he ended up talking to him in verse seven and saying, this is the land I was talking about. But have you ever experienced a word or a calling from God and then had to wait? (laughs) And what we see that there is a tension between when the word is given and then the fulfillment. And that tension between when the word is given and the fulfillment is called the season of trust. Not only is it trust to just start walking, but it's also trust to live in a season where you don't even know when it's going to happen, but you're staying faithful to God in the midst of the season. He's saying, God, I don't know what's going on, but I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you. And what we know is that Abraham was 75 years old in Genesis 12. And and then later, we know that Isaac, who was a huge deal in fulfilling God's promise for his life, was born when Abraham was 100. That is 25 years until he even sees anything close to fulfillment of his promise. 25 years. Some of you all aren't even 25 yet in the room. (laughs) I have a few years on it, but that's okay. 25 years is quite a time to wait. And here's what I think. After waiting years, you can start thinking some, what I like to call contrary thoughts. And the devil's really helpful in this area. You know what I'm saying? Thoughts like, you know, you're going, oh, year one, I trust you, Lord. Year two, year three. Then you got into like year five and six. Like, did I really hear God? You know what I'm saying? Was I really hearing God over, you know, <laughs> was that that weird drink I ate the other day? You drink that, you know, I'm saying like, is this worth it? I'm just relating with Abraham because he came from a sketchy background. That's all. Like, is this really worth it? Like waiting on God's promise, waiting on God's best for my life. Is this really worth it? Or, or should I just go back to where I came from? Uh, I don't know if you're hearing me tonight. Listen, these are the stuff. This is the stuff that comes in our minds. We're like, did I really hear God? Like, I knew it was burning in my heart that one time, but six or seven years later, I'm not sure anymore. Like, is this really worth it? Because I don't even know if this is like God or I don't. I don't know. Should I just go back? I mean, I know you. I heard this voice tell me I should leave this place, but maybe I should just go back because I was doing fine there. And it's hard out here. Yeah. And sometimes, this is, this is, here's a, like a, a, a one-liner. Sometimes people who don't have a vision for the future always return to the past. Without a vision for the future, we return to our past. And we know, because Joshua told us, that Abraham's family was pagan. They worshiped other gods. And maybe the thoughts that come in your heads are to go back to the place where you didn't really serve Jesus and you serve some other gods. 
I'm not talking about little statues and, and idols that you bow down to. I'm talking about the gods of greed, the gods of lust, the gods of selfishness, the gods of indulgence and, and hedonism, where it's just all about you and narcissism, where it's like, let me just get as much as I want and let me get high and let me get drunk. Let me just cover up all these wounds inside because I don't want to deal with anything. Let me just get some temporary things to cover up what's really going on inside of my heart. I'm talking about those kind of gods. Are you with me on this? And sometimes the devil's tempting us to run back to those things because it's easy. It ain't easy, man. It ain't easy carrying around baggage. Are you kidding me? It ain't easy going through torment. It's not easy. It's actually more comforting being out of your comfort zone following the will of God than it is going back in your comfort zone serving other gods. Are you with me on this? Because it's destructive. And all these things, the devil's pounding in our head going like, did you really hear God? Is this really worth it? Should you really go after what God has for you? You should probably go back where it was easier. And God's voice still rings true. Go. Go to the land I will show you. And go. And I will bless you. And all these things. Hebrews 11.15 gives us a little insight into this. And he says, he says this, Hebrews 11.15, if they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Did you catch that? The they right there he's talking about is Abraham with a couple other of our patriarchs. But he says, if they had been thinking of the country they had left, if we dwell on the thing too much, it gives us an opportunity to go back. You with me on this? I'm telling you, sometimes the devil tries to throw what the scripture says, flaming darts, the, the flaming darts of the enemy. And he, and, he, and he just keeps shooting them at us. And we get these random thoughts someday and we're thinking like, man, what is going on? All I can think about is my ex something. Okay, I know y'all don't want to say amen right there because it's a little uncomfortable place to say amen. But listen, I know this stuff happens and we think about our ex something or, or this, this family thing or this past lifestyle and all this stuff and your mind goes like, well, maybe I should, maybe I should hit her up. Ah. Facebook comes up. Oh, look whose birthday it is today. Homie, you need to unfollow, unfriend. You need to do everything you can do to run away from that clan. Get out of the country! <laughs> Put the verse back up. Hebrews eleven fifteen. Put the verse. Come on. eleven fifteen. Hebrews eleven fifteen. If they had been, everyone say, thinking. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. We don't even have business thinking about it. You know what I'm saying? I, I tell, you know, sometimes my dogs try to do some things. I, look, I just look at them and don't even think about it. <laughs> like try to get the chicken out the trash can. Get, don't even get, you know, what like, you know what I'm saying? Try to get, you know what I'm saying? Like dogs can't do chicken bones. They like choke. And one time Rex just like totally demolished all these chicken bones and swallowed them. I was like, all right, go with your bad self. I didn't, if you die, it wasn't my fault. Go to your kennel. Get, you know. I didn't do that too. I didn't kick him, but side note. This is how we have to get on our, on our thoughts. Put the, put the verse back up. <laughs> if they had been thinking of the, of the country they had left, they would have had the opportunity. You want to give you an opportunity to grab you in the butt and pull you backwards, start thinking about it too much. And all of a sudden, it gives you opportunity to run backwards. But they had not. Abraham did not. Abraham didn't go there. And we shouldn't let ourselves go there either. Just say amen, because that's a good word. 
And here's the deal. What I love is that God didn't just speak once to Abraham. He reiterated his promise multiple times. We read it in Genesis 12, one that we read like a hundred times tonight already. But at least six times over that 20 year period, 25 year period, God is speaking to Abraham. He speaks to him in Genesis 12 twice and then in 13 and, and I believe uh, uh, in 17 and 18. Like there, it's just over and over and over and over. And this is what I love about the journey when you're following God is he doesn't just give you one word and drop you. Because help me understand, we're humans. We need reminders. I've been following Jesus for 14 years. And I'm telling you, I've had words repeated over these years. The people who don't know me, the, when, when prophets come through the church or, or even just friends here in the sanctuary, and I'm just, I'm just minding my own business trying to worship God or I'm just sitting here in the service and they call me out and they begin to prophesy things about my future. And I go like, God, you still remember. Because after a few years of waiting, the questions come. And you're like, ah, I don't even care anymore. Don't talk to me about revival, you know? And then the prophet comes through, the Lord is sending revival. You're like, oh God, okay, I trust you. You know, like, and all this stuff happens when I love, he did this for Abraham and he'll do it for you. He, he, will, he will continue to remind you of the promises that he has for you. He'll speak something to your heart and then you'll see it repeated. And then expanded on. If you read through Genesis from 12 all the way to about 25, you, you, you see that his story, God is meeting him over and over going, Abraham, I'm going to give you this land and your descendants are going to be multiplied and you're going to, they're going to be as, like the stars in, this, in, the, in the expands and, this, and numerous as, as the sea, as the sand on the seashore, all this stuff. And God just keeps affirming him and keeps telling him, yes, you're, you're, you're doing okay. And I'm telling, I'm telling you this because this is what God will do for you. And I'm encouraging you tonight to put your trust in God. Did you know there's no other God? No one else can do what only he can do. I'm telling you, no one on the earth is God except for God. Forgive me for sounding so elementary, but I'm, I'm telling you, we can be trusting in someone other than God, trusting the someone to do something that only God can do. And they'll fail us every time. And you know what? I actually believe God will let them fail us so that we would trust him. I, I actually believe that God will let people in your life fail you so that way your anchor would be in him alone. Because apart from him, there is no God, and God's the one who holds your destiny in your hands, in his hands. You with me on this? If you're like, what? God will not let that happen. I mean, look through the scriptures. People fail people all the time, but God's promises never fail. It, Psalm 118 says, I think it's verse 8, it said, it's better to trust in the Lord than in man. It's not going to come on the screen, but Psalm 118 says, it's better to trust in the Lord and to put your trust in men. This is, this is the call of God to trust him in the pursuit of our dreams and just believe the process is happening. The last thing is this, is test. So we looked at the word go, we looked at the word trust, 
and we're looking at the word test. Remember, we're talking about pursuing our dreams, pursuing the dream that God has placed in your heart. We, we discover it, and then we pursue, and we talked about going, we talked about trusting God, and we're looking at tests now. And I believe this, that the path to get to our destinies has many obstacles in the way on purpose. I believe that there are tests for every person in order to get to their destiny. There's tests that you have to pass, and there's tests that are there on purpose. Tests, are, tests they come to, how many understand, they come to show what's inside of you. You know what I mean? You go to school, and you're like, oh, it's a test. Pop a quiz. We're like, oh, I didn't read. We're like, well, you know, like. And the, the teacher's doing the test because the teacher wants to know what's inside of you, or the professor, whatever. Are you with me? But the cool thing about tests is that tests always precede promotion. Ah, y'all didn't hear me. Tests precede promotion. When you pass the test, you go to the next level in the class. And when the Lord gives you a test, he's about to give you a new level in your life. Are you with me on this? You want to get to the fullness of your destiny, then pass the test and, and, and embrace the test and realize that God is going to be sending tests. I, I, the, these tests actually bring stuff to us. They, they give us the gift of brokenness. <laughs> I, I remember hearing Pastor Dale tell someone one time that he, he never wants to be in a foxhole with someone who hasn't been broken. Foxhole, by the way, this is what he means. I don't want to go to war with somebody, fight on the same team, war against the enemy. I don't want to do that with someone who hasn't been broken yet. Because there's something, there's an authority that's in brokenness. Do, do you know what I'm saying? Like you, you see people who, man, they haven't gone through anything, but they know everything. <laughs> that's how I was when I got saved. I was like... I thought I knew everything about the Bible. When I first got saved, I was preaching to everybody. I knew every sermon. I, 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 ooh, Lord, have mercy. And I'm telling you, there's an authority in brokenness. I'm telling you, people who've been seasoned, people who've been tested and approved, people who are fortified, they have a thing that's called resilience. Okay, here we go. Proverbs 24, verse 10. Okay, Proverbs 24, verse 10. This, this verse changed my life. If you falter in a time of trouble, how small is your strength? I, I, I was going through a hard time one time. This is about a decade ago. I remember this. And I, was, I had my old Bible, which isn't this one, but I was, I was just flipping through because I was like, Lord, I need something. And guess where I went? Proverbs 24.10. I need a word of encouragement, Lord. If you falter in a time of trouble, how small is your strength? Oh, come on. And you know what? I took that rebuke as like, you know, just the most healthy thing. It was just beautiful. And I'm telling you, all of a sudden I realized I have more strength than I've been using. I'm quitting way too easily. Life gets hard, man. I'm like, oh, it's too hard. I can't do that. Let me go to something easier. You know, it's like, what are you talking about, man? There, I read this. There's a story about this uh, 
Recently, there's a, it's a university, I forget the name, but it's a Wesleyan university, and they were doing a service, and the chapel guy was uh, sharing, and he shared a message on 1 Corinthians 13, and you know it as a chapter on love. Come on, Christian people. <laughs> it's, the, it's the love chapter, and the guy was teaching about love. And this, there's a student who wrote a letter, like I think it was to the, to the principal, to the teacher, whatever, to chat, whatever the dude was. He wrote a letter, and this student was hurt by the sermon. And he, he actually felt hurt because he wasn't loving that well. And he was writing them to let them know that I felt hurt. And something around, something to the point of like, yeah, please don't say these kind of things because they hurt me. And so the president of the university wrote back, and this is the opening line, and it was a letter, open letter to all the students, and he said, uh, I want everyone to know that this is not a daycare, it's a university. <laughs> You're like, come on, man, you're getting convicted, homie. That's <laughs> it's called conviction. Instead of whining and saying, stop hurting me with the sermon, like, you know, like, why don't maybe repent? I don't know. Like, that could be a good first step. Like, Lord, help me to be a better person of love. I don't, it's probably a better message than, please don't do sermons that hurt my feelings. Like, and I'm, what I'm trying to say is that there has to be resilience inside of us. That we have to have a bounce back. If we falter in times of trouble, Proverbs says, how small is our strength? And I realized that I had more strength that I wasn't presently using. And then when I look at people who've been broken in their heart, their followers of Jesus, these are the kind of people that I want to listen to. These are the kind of people that, you know these kind of people, their, their words have weight to them. When they speak, it's like, well, there's authority when you just said that. Because there's a brokenness that's happened in their life. And they're depending fully on God. Genesis 22. This is what I was talking, referring to earlier. It says, verse 1. Genesis 22, verse 1. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain. I will show you. Oh, there's that I will show you thing again. Probably understand this is a test. Scripture literally said God tested Abraham. And I'm telling you this, I guarantee this was the hardest thing Abraham ever did. The rest of the story, you can read it if you, as, you, as you follow the verses. But to paraphrase the rest of the story, Abraham brings his son up and builds an altar and actually has his hand up before he swings the knife. The Lord stops him and provides a ram for the sacrifice as, as an offering instead of his son. Because it was a test. It wasn't really going to do it. God wasn't really intending for him to do it. But talk about a test. And I'm telling you this, that in pursuit of your dreams, it could be that God is calling you to give something up. In the pursuit of your dreams, it could be that God is calling you to give up something. God tested Abram. God had a test for him. And tests precede promotion. And I believe that sometimes 
when God is about to promote us, he sends a test our way. It happened to Jesus. You remember this? That God, the devil was tempting Jesus and then he was thrust into ministry afterward. Something that's hard for us to do, something that's hard for us to let go of. The question is, could the Lord be testing you in your present situation on your journey to pursue the dreams that God has for you? Is he asking you to give something up to him? Later on, again, we have the commentary of Hebrews 11. And in verse 17, it says, By faith Abraham, when God tested him, he offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Verse 18, Even though God had said to him, It is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. (laughs) Oh, God. Talk about the faith of Abraham, man. And I just really believe that God knew Abraham could pass the test. And I love it because that means if you're going to have a test and God's sending you a test, it's because he has confidence that you can pass it. God won't, God's not going to send you a test that you can't pass. And I'm telling you, it's so simple that how do you pass the test? It's one word. Obedience. Tests always come before promotion. And on the journey of pursuing the dreams that God has for us, there's tests along the way. And when you pass the test you get a promotion and you get closer and closer and closer to the things that God showed you years ago. Three words. Go, trust, and test. And I just believe that as we pursue what God has put in our hearts, it will be an adventure of risk and faith, of pain and glory and fulfillment because God is good. He is faithful. And man, I'm telling you, he loves you deeply. He loves you deeply. He loves you deeply. That's just the way God is. And so, man, I'm telling you, as we pursue this stuff, let's, let's know this is our God and let's go after our dreams and let's just know like there's a journey up ahead but man we're pursuing this thing that God has for us are you with me on this Uh, let's have the worship team come up and I want to just pray and and just close tonight and have a time to just respond to what the Lord's doing in our hearts Just um, just put your hand on your heart and I'm, and uh, and just close your eyes for a second. Mm. Holy Spirit, we just 
We just thank you, God, that you're speaking to each one of our hearts all over the room, God. I thank you for everyone who's here tonight, that you have something for us. There's a dream. And we, we acknowledge that you have dreams for our lives. You have something for us. You had something for Abraham, and you have something for us. And Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you love us with an everlasting love. And you have the best for us in mind. And, and God, I'm praying tonight, as you've been speaking to our hearts, Lord, I thank you that you would give us wisdom in the going, you would give us wisdom in the trusting, and you give us the strength to pass the test. Father, we thank you that we have more strength than we know that's, that we've been even currently using. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that the Holy Spirit would just continue to move in our hearts. God, I thank you that you love, you love, you love every one of us. And I pray that the dreams in our hearts, God, I pray that you would just, almost in a sense, like put a fresh ignition in the dreams in our hearts tonight. God, I thank you that you would release that over them over each heart tonight, that you would put a fresh ignition in the hearts tonight. That we'd have the passion to go. We have the grace to trust. And that you'd give us also the ability to pass the tests. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you love every one of us. You have dreams for our lives. You have purpose, you have fulfillment. You have amazing things for us. And we trust you tonight. In the name of Jesus. I just want to take a few moments. We're going to take a moment and just worship and just, you can sing to the Lord, you can take this time to seek him and bow before him or whatever it is, but let's just do some time with the Lord and just let him search our hearts and if there's things that maybe we need to let go of, if there's direction that we need, whatever it is, trust all of that. Let's just take a few moments and just sit with the Lord as the worship team just leads in this song here. <clears throat>